When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Silence complicity. It cannot remain silent. I will not remain silent. You should not either. That's why today I'm releasing the first ever national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. It's what? the most ambitious and comprehensive U.S. government-led effort to fight anti-Semitism huh? in American history. And it directs the whole of society, a whole of society effort in four key ways. First, increasing awareness and understanding of both anti-Semitism and Jewish-American heritage. Second, improving safety and security for Jewish communities. Third, reversing the normalization of anti-Semitism and countering anti-Semitic discrimination. And fourth, building cross-community solidarity and collective action to fight hate. This strategy includes over 100 bold and unprecedented actions that government agencies are going to take to counter anti-Semitism. Janine right now on Fox and Friends promoting her book. Lee Zeldin is one of my favorite people in New York, great congressman, the pride of Shirley Long Island, I call him, ran a great race, I should say, almost won it, governor of New York. But again, the numbers were just so stacked against him, maybe two and a half to one in New York, that as great as his campaign was and as lousy as Hochul's campaign was, he uh, put on a valiant fight and uh, still lost, we'd be in much better shape if he had won. And he was angry. You know, there's Biden. How could he possibly? He's such nothing moron. I'm sorry. I don't hear about old man cognitive issues. He's a moron. How could he possibly fix anti-Semitism if he can't say it? He tried to say it four times in 57 seconds and said it incorrectly all four times. Anyway, here he is, my dear friend Lee Zeldin. I mean, me personally, how do I have confidence in a guy who can't even say it, Lee? It's a basic initial question. What is anti-Semitism? And this was a debate. This is how far left the Democratic Party has gone on this issue, that they end up concluding that they can't even agree on a definition. And what so many others have 
realized over the course of years is that you really need to have everyone on the same page as to what what it is that you're combating. I and mean, this applies to other stuff, but specifically as it relates to anti-Semitism. All throughout the United States and really around the world, there's the definition from uh, an organization called IHRA. And they're, back in like 2016, 2015, they came up with a definition that everyone has been rallying behind saying, you know, that's, that, that's a definition that everyone should be adopting. So this was something that was being discussed at the White House when they're trying to come up with the strategy to combat anti-Semitism. People are saying, why don't we adopt the IHRA definition? And at the end of the day, they could only reference it while also uh, you know, suggesting that there's other definitions as well. They were going to – there was support there for adopting this other definition that was – that's being promoted by the far left. Like, how can you actually combat it that way? And then, you, then, then during the weekend, your strategy is already being put to the test. A new video comes out, City University of New York, the School of Law, commencement address from a couple weeks back. A speaker who is a raging anti-Semite give it, gives a speech that makes it very uncomfortable and unwelcome for any Jewish uh Professor, graduate, family member, friend in the audience. I tell you this, forget I, about that. I'm not any one of those. I'm a complete stranger. Don't have any, any connection to that school. And I am so pissed off this morning that my taxpayer money, $4.3 billion goes to CUNY. So whether you like Eric Adams or not, so these snot-nosed kids can turn their backs on the mayor. And then this lowlife goes up on stage and just savages Israel on the Jews while also saying bad things about the cops and the military. I don't want to pay taxes, Lee, if this is what's going to happen at these CUNY universities. I don't want to do it. Anyone out there who hasn't watched this video yet should should go check it out. It's now all over the media. I post it on, on my social media pages as well. And, and everyone just needs to listen to it for yourself. No, our tax dollars should not be going to support a city university of New York until the administration is overhauled and Jewish students and Jewish faculty feel welcome again. And as you point out, you don't even have to be Jewish to be outraged by it. You're outraged by it as well. And if you're getting silence from Joe Biden in response, if you're getting silence from Kathy Hochul in response, don't be lecturing us on any other day of the week when it's easy, when it's comfortable. This is what tests leadership. This is what shows that you actually have even an ounce of courage. And I would say that speaking out against stuff like this shouldn't even require an ounce of courage. It's just the right thing. But, no, it's just crickets. And I got to tell you, here in New York City, it's it's a big problem. You know that. And I'm going to lay it on the line because I tell the truth on this show. I don't sugarcoat it. Ninety-plus percent of attacks on Jews are blacks. Okay, they're, they're the ones who attack the Asians. They're the ones who attack the Jews. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of defending black people while Jewish people are getting their ass kicked in the streets. Now, Eric Adams knows this, and he's had some press conferences. He even went to Greece one time to try to figure it out. Same thing with Hochul, Letitia James, all these people. But the truth is, I speak to Dove Heikend all the time, Lee, the numbers are not going down. So I'm not sure they're not paying enough attention they're not doing enough, but the numbers are not going down in the one place, Lee Zeldin, the one place you would think you'd be safe if you were a Jew, New York. Yeah, people who have to take their yarmulke off in order to ride a subway because they're fear they're fearing uh, getting uh, assaulted. 
And you have these pro-criminal laws that you and I have spoken about a lot on air, which are still on the books. You have a, a eroding support of law enforcement, which still remains an issue. Last year, NYPD had their, their biggest year of retirements and resignations, and they had in a very, very, very long time. You had a tax on yeshiva education from government itself, and you saw it above the fold, New York Times, page one, the weekend of September 11th last year. That that has been an issue as well. And then we've also gotten to the point to uh, where you have elected officials who won't even speak out when there is not just an anti-Semitic attack with, with words or tropes. You're talking about people who get assaulted, and you have elected officials in New York City representing these areas that won't even speak up and say anything. And expectations have gotten so bad, so low, that if some city councilman finally posts a tweet acknowledging that this ED even happened, that person's like, oh, getting credit. Oh, thank thank God you're finally speaking up. Yep. That's how that's how bad expectations have gotten for these elected officials. <laughs> so bad. And uh, my friend uh, Kevin Breslin, you remember Lee, his father, the great writer Jimmy Breslin. So uh, Kevin is uh, is a Democrat, but he loves me, loves his show because we're common sense people. And he sent me something from the New York Times that reads: Despite Hochul's vow, her policies have indirectly aided husband's firm. And it reads: He wanted me to read this. He's a disgrace, uh, disgraceful article. And it reads, we are only as good as our weakest link. Albany is a swamp. New York City pays for upstate bull blank artists. So we know now, of course, that her husband, who was pretty much milk and cash, I guess, off these concession stands up at the Buffalo Bills Stadium, maybe they're going to stop that now. I don't know. But even Adams has complained that Hochul expects New York City, which is basically broke, to foot the bill for the whole state. What is she doing up there? Well, this is the reason why I was running against her as passionately as I was, and so many New Yorkers of all walks of life, including independents and Democrats, were voting for us. When New York is 22% Republican, and we got just under 50% of the vote. And what we saw just before the election, especially as it relates to crime and the economy, New Yorkers hitting their breaking point, deciding to flee, realizing that the state's heading in the wrong direction. And Kathy Hochul still, and you and I have spoken about this on air a bunch in the past, she still will not acknowledge why it is that New Yorkers hitting their breaking point and are fleeing. This past weekend, uh, I was down in Nashville over the weekend. I had my wife and my kids with me, great patriotic city. While we're seeing this video coming out of the City University of New York, where your tax dollars are going and this hate f- filling up this auditorium on what's supposed to be a special day, you know, I- I'm down there reflecting on it while I'm at this one bar and this people country, uh, they're line dancing and they're playing their country music. Such a great and city. it was just flags. Yeah. It was yep. patriotism. It was support of our military, of our law enforcement. It was just, it was so positive yep. about America. And you have these blue cities and these blue states where these elected officials won't speak up when you have folks who are trying to erode the education system, indoctrinate uh, and groom kids and, and changing values and and are okay with it because it's a means to an end of more power. Uh, and 
you know, there, there's a reason why New Yorkers are saying, you know what, I'm heading down to the Tennessee or yep. heading down to the Carolinas or Florida and Texas, and Kathy Hochul's part of the problem. She is the major uh, reason. Her, and I guess Eric Adams to a certain extent, too, he does try at times, and like yesterday, did a very, very good speech, but the issue with Eric is not what he says, according to most people in New York, it's what he does. And he has not been able to do much. Some of it his fault. Some of it goes right back to Kathy Hochul up in Albany. And I'd be remiss, Lee Zeldin, talking about Memorial Day, if I didn't thank you for your service. You are a hero. You serve this country proudly. Thank you. And I had a guy on earlier. His name is Kevin Lace. And uh, Kevin served two tours in Iraq, Lee, and became very, very close friends with a guy named Chris Kyle. You remember the oh, yeah, movie American Sniper? Yeah, right. Well, what? I you know, I know of uh, Ty... Uh, Taya Kyle, his widow, has been uh, in the story. Everyone knows the story, but uh, they've really lived on, and the legacies lived on, and in, uh, in helping other vets with PTSD. Yeah. An amazing story. Amazing story. Chris made it through two tours in Iraq next to Kevin Lace. Came home, and some crazy guy in America actually killed him in his home state, I believe, of Texas. But long story short, the discussion centered on what Ron DeSantis said yesterday. And DeSantis said, "Listen, if I win or when I win." Day one, I'm going to fix this military. I served. Trump didn't. I served, and this military is way too woke. So as a guy, Lee, that served our country proudly, do you agree with DeSantis, or is that a bit of hyperbole? Oh, it's true that uh, that the military uh, needs to be focused on, on winning, on accomplishing its mission, doing your job to be able to keep America safe. And I, I remember it was like December of 2016. This was in the uh, the transition between the Obama administration and the Trump administration, and and we were at West Point. We spent like an entire day on transgender training. We weren't learning about how you know if deployed today, this is how we could do a better job to you know, to, to to do complete our mission and keep America safe and protect freedom and liberty. It was transgender training and just vignettes for hours and then it stopped instantly you know talking about january of 2017 for four years uh, all of that crap was just done and and now slowly since january of 2021 it's starting to come back again and, and i don't want the military to be a science experiment uh, i don't want to be treating our soldiers as guinea pigs uh I, I, this is not something that uh, should be. I mean, for one, it's gonna it's gonna impact uh, the ability to retain, to recruit. I don't want this impacting morale uh, the way that it could. Uh, it, this can't continue to get further left than it is. It shouldn't be politicized any more than it's been. Uh, so yeah, this is a live issue that should be discussed in this presidential campaign, and it's something that should be put back in the right direction uh, come January of 2025. Absolutely, and 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 you know to that point. By the way, I I, I would say I know of uh, Chris Kyle. You know, we all know the story. I've met uh, Taya Kyle, uh, and and there are a lot of amazing people who have. I mean, Memorial Day is a somber day yesterday. Uh, but to all of those Gold Star families out there who have turned tragedy uh, into something positive uh, to to make the legacy of their fallen loved one uh, live on in, you know, in a way that continues to do good, God bless all of those Gold Star families out there. And I know you have many of them who listen to your show. Thank you for everything that you've been through. I know you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear the thank you, but... Uh, I will say, as for one person, I'm incredibly grateful for the sacrifice that's been made by generations to give us this opportunity to live in the greatest country in the history of the world, which we would not be able to do if not for these men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice.
You know, I got chills just now, and as you were saying that, and again, you served, as you were saying that, I said, man, we missed a golden opportunity. New York, these morons, when they voted in Hochul. But you're still a young guy. You've already had great success in D.C. on Long Island. Please tell me, Lee Zeldin, without getting specific, please tell me in the not-so-distant future you will serve our country again because i got to tell you, man, we need you. Well, listen, tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of when I took the oath to serve in the United States military. Uh, that, that service wow. continues. I enjoy wearing that uniform uh, more than wearing the suit that, uh, that, that I wear in <laughs> well, you know, politics or, or whatever. But uh, I, I will continue to find ways to, to serve. To, I believe that success in life, uh, most importantly, should be defined on leaving this world better than you found it. We might all disagree on exactly how to get there and improving the world around us, but uh, we all should be striving to, to do our part. For me, I, I believe that at some point there may be a reentry into, into government and politics in other ways. Uh, in the meantime, i got to tell you what, my daughters in, in two weeks are finishing 11th grade. Wow. And uh, it, it has been a blessing to be able to spend time with them that I haven't yeah. been able to spend in a while. I started a, a charity and a federal pack and a company and still doing the speeches and the, and the media and more. So we're staying active. Uh, but, you know, as far as what's next, we'll see. Uh, but I, I still have that in my, in my belly. I still have it in my heart. To be able to serve, I don't know if that, I don't think that'll ever go away. I got to tell you, your family is so beautiful. Your wife, Dee, your two daughters, your twin daughters, and, you know, I saw you at the Nick game not that long Thank ago, you. but you're just, you're just everything Americans should be. You really are. And I love you. Thank you again for serving this country. That's very nice, Sid. Uh, you know, I mean it too, Lee. So thank you for hopping on today, and please keep coming back, and thank you for everything. You're the best. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're the man. Lee Zeldin, folks. He even says, yes, sir, on the way out. He is. If he was here, I'd kiss him. He's so cute. Kind of like you, Lewis, except he served and you went to the bar. Uh, no, I was drinking. Yeah. Well, that's important, too. It keeps the, uh, the economy going. Liquor business right. What would blondies on the Upper West Side do if you weren't drinking there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask him.